Greetings. It is midsummer, Carl, and I hope you're having uh, a wonderful time with this beautiful weather. We have several guests today. We'll talk to John Wolbers from the Prison Performing Arts in just a second. And then Brandy and Brittany Artis from the Four Hands Creole Kitchen, who will both be on the Food Network this Sunday. That's at minute 13. Around minute 32, no hard feelings. Around minute 43, past lives. Around minute 48, the room is coming back. And then around minute 49, the theater roundup. We have a double, super double show today because we have two guests. We have multi-hyphenate John Wolbers, who after a multifaceted career working with the Metro Theater Company and other companies around town is now the director of Prison Performing Arts. And if you do not know anything about Prison Performing Arts, you should, because it's quite an achievement and a wonderful program. And I have seen productions and I have seen them in the Grand Center Theater Crawl, which is no longer going on. Is that correct, John? Uh, I believe they're in the planning stages for this fall. I'm not sure if we'll be able to participate yet, but uh, I do believe they are going to do it again this year. Okay, so what is it about your mission that gives you a, such great joy in doing this this work? Uh, that's Oh, that's such a, a loaded, beautiful question because there's so many different ways to answer that. Uh, so at Prison Performing Arts, we're dedicated to working with justice-impacted adults and youth across the, the really greater Missouri region. Uh, we're in three adult facilities, a transition center, five youth, uh, youth and juvenile facilities, and we are looking to expand even more this year. And what we do is we bring the arts. Um, while performing arts is definitely in our title and the core of our work, we do multimedia as well. Um, everything from, from visual arts to dance to music to obviously theater. And we work with incarcerated individuals, justice impacted individuals, uh, doing artistic projects with them all over the region. Uh, and not only arts for art's sake, but really for community building, for rehabilitation, for expression, and primarily healing. Uh, so in addition to all of the work that we do in carceral spaces, we also work in the reentry sphere and have alumni theater company, which you may have seen some of their theatrical productions over the last few years. It's definitely a yes. most accessible um, thing. And to directly answer your question, like what I love most is, is really seeing the impact of our work, not just on the the way it transforms lives and gives people hope um, seeing themselves in, in a better light and, and helping imagine a better future for themselves after after mistakes that we you know who hasn't <laughs> who hasn't made mistakes in their lives um but also our recidivism rates is the thing i think i'm most proud of with our um youth and juveniles um we have a three percent recidivism rate. Only 3% of the, the folks that we work with return uh, to to the justice system. 97% of them go home. And our adults, uh, it's 25% for those recently released. And for our alumni theater company, we're at zero. Which is, and you're, oh, go ahead. Oh, which is kind of incredible given that the natural, national average is close to 50. So we're, we're in, we're, we have a pretty, pretty darn good track record. Well, yes, your next do. performance is going to be July 5th in Vandalia, St. Joan of Arc. Uh, you can find out more at prisonperformingarts.org. How did you pick Joan of Arc to be your next production? 
Uh, we worked with the women in Vandalia and in partnership with St. Louis University. They really wanted an inspiring woman from history. And they also really wanted to take a modern take on the classics, which is a lot of the work that we do is taking inspiration from literature, which also helps them get collegiate credit while they're working on the productions. And then they take their own stories. That's really been the main focus of our work currently is helping lift the stories of, of their lives up through the lens of Joan of Arc, through the lens of these, you know, classic literature pieces, they infuse their own poetry, their own language, um, and their own stories to help be a little bit more reflective and educate our audience as a whole too, not just seeing fabulous art and fabulous stories we all love, but also learning something a little bit more about the, the current system that's in place and the people that are in, enduring it. The, uh, Performing Arts, the Prison Performing Arts was started, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, by Agnes Wilcox, mm -hmm. a legend, a theatrical <laughs> legend in town. And that's how I got to know it, plus her husband. And mm -hmm. uh, it just started very small. She just went into certain prisons, and now you have this whole network. And uh, how many... Uh, when you talk about prisons around the state, give me a geographical area that we're dealing with here. Where do you travel? Um, so in addition to all the juvenile facilities are in the greater St. Louis region, the transition center is as well. For the adult prisons that we work in, we're at MECC, which is in Pacific, Missouri. We're at WERDCC in Vandalia. Uh, and then at NECC in Bowling Green. So we stretch about a two hour radius outside of St. Louis. And we're even in conversation now to possibly expand to a prison in Charleston, Missouri, which is like three hours away. So we're, we're navigating a lot of logistics and travel uh, to make the work that we do happen. But that's part of our mission is, is meeting people where they are both physically, <laughs> geographically, but also emotionally. How do people uh, like get involved? How does the public get involved? If you want, you you want to volunteer, you want to support it through donations. What do we do? Absolutely, like Carl said, go to our website, uh, prisonperformingarts.org. You can see the RSVP for our next show that you'd, you'd like to see that in person. The RSVP deadline is July fifth. Everything has to get cleared through the Department of Corrections, and the performance is on July twenty seventh. So that's the most. Uh, newest thing that's coming out. Also on our website, we have videos of most of the productions that we've done in the past, obviously some copyright things uh, pending, but you can see our work. It's a very different experience driving, going through security and seeing it in person as it is watching it on your screen. But we also know that um, that's a lot more accessible. We also have closed captioning um, and audio description available for most of our online work as well. Uh, we'll also be having at the end of the summer a youth showcase at our, one of our juvenile facilities to see what they're up to. And we'll have two alumni productions that'll be going up this fall. So if you want to volunteer, if you'd like to donate, check out our website. Uh, I personally am email and phone call away. would love to answer any questions as well. It's so gratifying to see light bulbs go off in people's heads and you've worked so much with children uh, during and young adults through your previous work, what is it about uh, this work that's so enriching for you? I think the thing that has driven my whole career, whether it's working with youth or adults or as a performer, or playwright, teaching artist, 
the administrator, executive director, is the impact of the arts. Um, arts for art's sake is beautiful and wonderful and inspiring, but it can be so much more. It can be a healing and cathartic process. It can bring people together. Um, it has its own language. It doesn't even need words at times to just transcend those moments that really tie all of us together as humans. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter who you are, um, it's a uniter. And that's something that, especially in our current line of work, all of the different barriers and biases that we have here on the outside um, are escalating on the inside. Well, and, you know it's successful because yeah. more places want you to join or yep. they want to join you. <laughs> exactly. Our alumni theater company is growing. We have other facilities um, that are focused on rehabilitative work, you know, knocking on our door, seeing the impact of that work and how much it genuinely changes lives, breaks down those barriers, helps build community. It's what it's all about. That's wonderful. And and I can attest because I did teach at a prison years ago, I can attest to seeing changes in people and uh, you just have no idea. Uh, you know, it's just like uh, when I first started teaching in a classroom, it was like these, these prisoners, all different people, were like your neighbors. Could, you know, it's not like they're the, us and them, these and those and everything. And it is. And uh, Laertes' word is something that I saw last year with the uh, with a the alumni theater company. Yes. And that was so inspiring because it was his own story. A Carl, a prisoner, mm -hmm. did a one man show oh, about wow. his life. And it was very inspiring. And to see the support in everybody and to help people thrive in something uh, that uh, is new to them. And especially Shakespeare. You guys go in and and you teach the classics and, and you make them relatable. Thank you. We, we do our best. There was actually uh, an NPR, This American Life, uh, episode that was done on us uh, many, many moons ago now, but on... Hamlet uh, and uh, Laertes, um, James Word was was part of that while he was incarcerated, and part of his one man show was was based off of that. Um, so you can check out that uh, this American Life episode called Act Five uh, on our website or on, on the This American Life episode as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's really inspiring watching the impact. There was one of our participants who recently said that he joined us because he knew that he'd get to hug his mom at the cast party afterwards and he hadn't Aww. been able to hug his mother in over a decade and he he said he'd had no interest in the arts he just wanted to hug his mother and then by the end of the show he said that the additional gift he didn't perceive was being able to see himself as a human again and by getting to play a king um so that uh getting on this chat myself right now just i know i was gonna story. say now now you're making, me, so you're, you're making me cry <laughs> oh my god that's a beautiful story i would put that on every grant application that you have to do you know that a prisoner got to hug his mom because he participated right. in the prison performing arts yeah, and I have oh. to give a special thanks to the Department of Corrections and all of the amazing uh, staff members that we work with in the various facilities who 
enable all of that to happen. Because as you can imagine, logistically getting every, you know, thread and crop into the facilities and timing is a challenge, but one well worth it. Well, thank you so much, John, for your time today. I know you are a busy guy on the road all the time, but <laughs> I always enjoy talking with you. And uh, Carl, just FYI, he's a girl dad. Oh, as it should be. <laughs> PrisonPerformingArts.org is where you can find out more about John's great work. Thank you for being on with us today, John. Thank you so much. Have a lovely afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. And now in our super duper double feature, we have two incredible women that you're going to find out more about, not just because they're on TV this week, but because they are really kicking it in downtown St. Louis with two places. And they just received quite an honor in the St. Louis Magazine A-list. So hello, Brett. Uh, Brandy and Brittany are, and I'm going to screw up your last name, Artist. Artist. No, you said it correct, Lynn. Because I want to say artist in the kitchen, like artiste. Yes, it is artist. It is artist in the kitchen. Yes. So it is artist. Yes. Well, thank you for your time. So, Carl, if you didn't see the exciting first episode of Great Food Truck Race on the Food Network on Sunday night, I'll fill you in. <laughs> Brandy and Brittany, along with their Zendrick Burnt White, they're, they're uh, three musketeers here. They uh, are competing with their Four Hands Creole Kitchen food truck. They don't have a food truck. They have a food stall in the city foundry. And I've been there. It's incredible. I could just put that Creole ranch on everything. I think it's it's yes stuff. yes and then me being the no the, I have discovered that your seasoning is made without salt yes. it's very so low now, very I, low can, sodium, now yes. I can buy vats of it now and put yes. it on yes yes so they are what's called rookies on this because it's nine food trucks four or five are rookies and four or five are the professionals and they have this big rivalry and Sunday was the first episode and they survived the cut to make it to episode two this Sunday, which is Mookie Betts of the LA Dodgers shows up and gives them a challenge. They have to make ballpark eats. Yes, we do. So uh, tell us about what you, I know you are under NDAs, but tell us what you can about what's coming up Sunday. So we have to do ballpark eats. So it's kind of cool because kind of what we do already at the foundry is quick fix fare that is going to be good, but flavorful. So we were able to use some of our items that we already have on our menu for this. So it was, it was quite cool to be able to um, use what we already have and the amazing dishes that we already present. Um, normally to our customers on TV because that's just what we do and that's that's kind of the game we already play. We play a uh, quick, fast turnaround on our food in the kitchen and, and that's the same thing that we did on the truck too. The uh, first smart. show was so nerve-wracking for me because I talked to you and I didn't know what was going to happen and they throw challenges in there. Tyler Florence is the host mm -hmm. and he threw this big challenge into everybody and that made 
our that was the thing that made our uh, that uh, made or broke the teams. Yeah. And this team that apparently has the best chicken wings in all of the U.S. Uh, mm -hmm. The block from yes. Indianapolis. Yes. I, I I would drive to Indianapolis just to eat their wings because. Well, let's go, Lynn. Let's go. We should we should go. We actually yes. we didn't get the taste them, but we actually um they were just here for um the show premiere with us on Sunday. So we are actually talking about them coming back and us doing a block and four hens mashup at Simply Delicious. So that may be something that you guys get get to look forward to towards the end of the summer is meeting the block and four hens and we would maybe do a block party at Simply Delicious to kind of blend all of what we do together. That's incredible because they looked like the most fun people and everybody oh, loved them and they had this you know, they have to make up conflicts on these shows because why well, you can't them? love them too much. We're not rooting for them. Right, right. Thank because you, we're you. rooting for the four hens people. Right. But yeah. uh, there's there's a you know, because it's edited, they make this <laughs> conflict with these cocky young kids from Boston that are Italian and they make them out to be kind of uh swaggering uh, Marky Marks. That's not an edit. That's just them. <laughs> yes, very much so. Very much so. And are so you guys they, proud? Or, I'm sorry, yeah. Lynn. No, are, no, no. Are you Go guys ahead. are you guys happy with your edit so far? You know, they made they made us look good. Um I I will I will say um what happens on this next episode? You guys get to see a little fire come out of the kitchen, um, and also off the truck out of me. Um, so yes, yeah, so just be prepared to uh, watch this next episode because it's definitely going to be an interesting nail biter. They are all nail biters, and you don't think because, but that's what they want you to do. They want you to stay tuned, yes. and so the challenge, Carl, was they could stay in the spot they were in because this is L.A., home of. 4,000 food trucks, or yes. he would give them $300 to move to a different location. And moving has its own challenges. And so the block decided not to. They felt that they were doing well enough and they are lost. When I say those challenges can make or break you, they truly can. And you have to be on top of your game you have to be on on top of the things and you really have to take those challenges seriously because because they are they they can be the difference of winning and losing and and the challenge last week was definitely the difference of us winning and us staying and making it because we we took that opportunity we took that extra three hundred dollars and that helped us advance to where we ended up being in in the lineup so I, I do not regret any decisions that we made on that first episode. We did everything that we needed to do for ourselves and as a team, going back even to go get the water. Um, we had a little hiccup with that. We forgot the uh, water and we had to go back. Um, and we did. We went back to the store because our Little Chicks Lemonade is one of our biggest sellers at the Foundry and at Simply Delicious at both of our restaurants. Um, people love what our kids have created and we wanted to be able to represent them and, and represent their creation as well. So we definitely made sure that, that we had to have that on the truck every day that we were selling. Carl, their two, their two children have their own lemonade company called Little Chicks. As it should be. <laughs> yes. 
the hay with their little chicks. <laughs> yeah, uh, entrepreneurial spirit. Well, Tyler Florence said Brandy's shrimp and grits was some of the best he's ever had in his life. And he's from South Carolina. Yes. So that's quite the compliment. But what I found so intriguing, uh, you can read more at my uh, the article I did for St. Louis Magazine, but uh, is that they all have a text thread. All nine trucks, they're all on the same thread and they all like each other. And they're all- Even they all the Boston guys? Even the Boston guys. When I tell you um, they, they are such lovely young men and they are absolutely sweethearts. They are Marky Mark's through to heart but they're a great group of guys that love what they do they love boston and they love being italian and they exude it but they're um horror. yes they're yes out of their horror. they don't even have to say anything as soon as you see them you're like okay that's boston <laughs> <laughs> yeah well there's so much flavor on all these trucks the the connie and the or kana kana uh -huh, yes kana yes and then the puerto rican truck and, yes. yes oh my god you want the you food even even the easy vegan yes yeah um um chef michaela and taylor and mike they are amazing group of of chefs and they present some great things and easy vegan is an amazing group of um of people that we love and we still stay in connection with um it was it was nice to have even another queer team that understood some of the diversity that we already have to go through um, with just being people that walk everyday life. Um, but then as a couple too, and then in your business, because you do have people that will discriminate you and discriminate against your business because of who you are, be it religious, uh, gay, straight, um, sexual orientation or anything. So yeah. Um, so it, 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 it was great to have so many different teams across so many different diasporas um, to where we could all really get along and, and just have so much camaraderie. And not just making good food, but you have to sell. And yeah. I like that they showed you trying to work up a community because the Hawaiian guys, the bald guys, have a huge Polynesian yeah. community. What did they call it? The coconut yeah. connection or the, the coconut, coconut line or something. It's like all word of mouth. And when I tell you there, that's one of the main factors that was instrumental for us deciding to move. In that first day, we were right next to their truck. And they had a line. And we were in the middle. So there was nowhere. The way that you could only get to the food trucks is to walk down this one sidewalk. And their line took up the whole sidewalk. So people couldn't even get through. That's what Easy Vegan was saying. Like we were in between all of the food trucks and we were talking to people through a gate. Their line was crazy. Like we would try to bait people like, hey, I can get you something in two minutes. And they're like, no, we're going to wait. <laughs> they would wait for them to go to the store, come like, and just wait and wait. And we couldn't even, we couldn't even poach them. <laughs> oh, wow. We so couldn't give it... bottles of water away. <laughs> they were like, no, we are wow. fine. I'm so very happy that they had the support that they did, but we didn't. And that's why on that first challenge, we said, look, we got to go. Yeah. We'll take the $300. We'll, we'll run the risk of whatever it is. When we move here, if it takes us an hour to find a spot, luckily we had sold to someone and she told us where her beauty salon was. And it was a good street for us to go to. We were able to find parking. Not too difficult. Yeah. We only had to go around a few times, so it saved us on time. Yes, Wilshire, so, Wilshire, Wilshire Boulevard, Boulevard was, was great nice. to us. Yes. 
Well, how was driving in LA? Because we all know about the traffic and you guys have to maneuver a food truck. So I got to drive the food truck and it was my first time ever driving a food truck. Um, I will say that living in Chicago for the past two or for the past set, we moved back to St. Louis in 2021. So from 2015 to 2021, we were in Chicago. So the traffic really didn't bother me because I'm I'm very used to traffic. Mm -hmm. It was just the traffic with the food truck. <laughs> a little bit of the navigation is a little different. The turns, the corners, you know, in a car, you know, I can get get around, but I can't maneuver quite the same in this big giant food truck. But it was fun. It was fun. So what was the so reaction? Oh, go, go ahead, Carl. No, 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 go ahead, Lynn. You go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. Well, I was just going to say, what was the reaction Sunday night at your at your watch party? The reactions, everybody, um, everybody really enjoyed themselves. Um, we, it, everybody, when um, when the block left, everybody was like, oh, like you literally heard like the gasp in the room. Um, it was it was a rough moment. So um, it was we had a great time. We had a great celebration. We had an after party at Brittany's Wellness Center. So we, we just really had a great time and got to celebrate with friends and family and foodies from the community. So it was a great time. It really was. I think for the people who are around us often, there was nothing outside of our regular day. So they were like, hey, okay. Like it's, it was really true to how we operate. Like all of our employees know what, it, what we give on a daily basis. So I think people were really you know, they, they were excited to see us, but I think also excited to see that, you know, we presented very true to what we usually do every single day. So what's the turnaround on the reality show? How how recently did you film all these things? So we actually started filming um, at the end of January. And so filming went for weeks. Um, so, yeah, it was it was. It was a long duration to be gone from home, to be gone from the restaurants, to be gone from our kids. Um, um, so it was quite challenging um, finding childcare to make sure that the kids got back and forth to school and they were they were good to go. And we have a our daughter had just turned um, two shortly after we left um, our son. I mean, shortly before we left our son, five and a half. So to go through that it was it was quite difficult um to be gone from our kids and um just to be gone from the restaurants because we're so new to all of it um not being mothers because our son is almost six but to being restaurateurs and to being owners of businesses we are very new to that so to leave our babies and our babies we were like ah. <laughs> the babies the house yes off, so. yes our rental property like, we we had to leave house. everything behind so it was it was it was nerve-wracking on both ends, to say the least. So what is next for for you now that you're, uh, I'm sure the recognition factor's gone way up. <laughs> you know? um, we, we actually, y'all are laugh about where we are. We're actually shopping for the restaurants right now. Yeah. So we're sitting at Sam's right now underneath one of the oh, little gazebos on one of their, uh, one of their patio displays. So um, more restaurant tours stuff. Um, but no, um, La Chica Bonita, our taco concept, will be opening in the evenings at Simply Delicious. Um, so that will be starting the very beginning of July. Um, so that first week in July, we will be opening that. Um, we also have um, our catering company that is with uh, both Four Hens and Simply Delicious. So we've been getting hit over the head with catering gigs and, and different events that we've been doing. So we are 
so very excited and blessed about that. And if more things come with um, with our TV appearances and, and doing stuff with um, maybe more food, food, more food challenge shows, um, we would we would love all of it. Um, we we definitely are are up to all the challenges that present themselves for us as um, a couple and as a family and as moms and as restaurateurs. We just want to keep doing what we love to do, which is which is for me um, cooking for people and spreading that uh, that joy and that love through food. Um, so as long as I can keep doing that and and maybe building upon that and opening up in other cities, so more people than just St. Louisans can feel that love and get that enjoyment from me. Um, that is, that is definitely what we're looking forward to doing. That is so wonderful. So uh, Brandy uh, was named owner on the, on the uh, St. Louis magazine, a list editor's choice awards. That's a big thing. That's and big that thing. just came in uh, Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, such a huge honor. Um, never. Uh, it makes you want to tear up, but never in a million years I think I would get that honor. So to get that, um, being so new in the game, um, it is it is quite a feat, and I am I am so very thankful for that honor, and so very blessed to have received it. So it's uh, nothing but up from here, and uh, more great things to come from uh, the artist family for sure. Well, that well, that you is... can find their stuff at four the number four henscreolekitchen.com. and I I I wish you guys luck because you guys seem like you had fun doing it because sometimes these reality shows they don't feel you know like I'd never do anything like that. You guys sure. want to do more? Yes, yes, we absolutely enjoyed it. We absolutely loved it. Um, like I said, it was the people that we were around that made it so enjoyable and made it such a memorable experience to where we are willing to do it again. And we would love to do it again. So we just, we just look for the blessings that continue to come and we're grateful for all of them. Well, um, I hope to see you on, uh, I hope to see you on beat Bobby Flay. Uh, you know, I will take that challenge. I will take that challenge. <laughs> because yes, it is. David Sandusky, who was on barbecue brawl, uh, Bobby Flay invited him back and he beat him. So. I would love that. Mama Mama would love to make some shrimp and, <laughs> shrimp and grits and I put them on his toes. <laughs> That's good. Well, Enjoy and Simply Delicious is open downtown. Isn't it near the Soldier's Memorial? Yes, it is. Yes, very close. We're right on 11th and Pine, 1115 Pine Street. And they are of lunch and breakfast. So they have a bougie Sandwich. Our bougie, bougie breakfast, breakfast me. Yes. Tell Carl yes. what's in, tell Carl what's on it. So just imagine this buttery sourdough bread crawl with melted brie cheese, smoked applewood bacon, heirloom tomatoes, and fig jam, all in one beautiful bite with an over easy egg on top. Yes. And I know potato, people in my house potatoes. that would uh, steal those from me. Yeah. Hey, well, thank you so much. And I know you were so busy and I hope, uh, I hope to be watching you on this show for a while. I hope we are able to watch. Uh, I'm hope that we are on the show for a while for you all to be able to watch us as well, Lynn. <laughs> Take care. Thank you guys. Have a good one. Nice, nice meeting you, Carl. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank I you. Will, Take next care. time I'm down at the foundry, I will find you. Alrighty, sounds good. We look forward to it. Thanks. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye.
they were great. I love them. They are wonderful. And their food, that, that besides good human beings, their food is chef's kiss. Well, I hope so, because they are chefs. Lynn, let's pivot to a raunchy sex comedy where Jennifer Lawrence is naked again. Yes. We're, uh... Oh, you are not a fan of this movie. I could tell without saying without even saying a word you uttered a sound and you said uh no yeah no mm -mm. hot mess uh i uh there are some moments i'll give it that uh what's the name of the film it's called no hard feelings double entendre intentional because... uh this is a movie of many intentions and very little follow through. However, our buddy Max enjoyed it and he thought it was a throwback to 80s sex comedies. I thought it whiplashed so much between tones. It's billed as this raunchy, R rated comedy. Basically, Jennifer Lawrence is in a role that is typically portrayed by a male in a lot of those Arrested Development movies that Adam Sandler and Will Ferrell have made famous. And now she's the she's the protagonist. She's the viper. She's uh, a down-on-her-luck 30-something. She's 32. And by the way, the age difference between the two is icky. I'm just saying. It's icky. But... Um, she plays a 32-year-old that is in danger of losing her home on Montauk, which is at the tip of Long Island, because it's being gentrified and all these elite people are moving in and property taxes have gone up. Her mother left her the house. She's an Uber driver and a bartender, and she's very combative and hostile, and she has a chip on her shoulder uh, between the haves and have-nots, and uh, she gets her car repossessed and uh, she, her friends find this Craigslist ad for a Buick Regal. Who does that? So she decides. Uh, I believe that part was based on a true story. Well, I, I would, I would think so because it's so random. Why would you? So these, these helicopter parents played by Matthew Broderick and Laura Benanti uh, have sheltered their son to the point where he's nervous and anxious and very sheltered. And they are afraid that when he goes off to Princeton, he is going to be uh, traumatized by Eaten alive. Yes. And so they want him to man up and lose his virginity and they hire her and she's overly aggressive to the point of cringy. It's a very cringy comedy and it's meant to have a lot of laughs, a lot of crude uh, jokes at body parts and all that. She's full frontal nude for a beach scene fight, for a beach fight scene. And uh, I don't think that's necessary, but, you know, at first I thought it was going to be like super bad meets the graduate, you know, one of those. She's been of... full frontal naked before, though. She, in Red Sparrow, she was full, fully frontal. She's Which comfortable. I miss. And, oh, um, it is. It's an interesting movie. Let's just say. 
well, I know she's coming back after and being married and having a baby and, and all that. And she's gung ho. And she's actually um, a pretty fleet comedian. The real star here is Andrew Barth Feldman, who plays the young man, who the real story here is much is made about this sex comedy. But the real story is the friendship that they develop through this. Yeah, that's why the, that's here. why the age difference doesn't matter, according to Max, because they're not you're not they're not planning on staying together like in licorice pizza, which was disgusting. This is this is a girl doing a job trying to prepare a guy. This is like, you know, you heard the old stories, the ZZ Top song LaGrange. Fathers would take their 13 year olds to make them men to whorehouses. And so that's she's performing a service, not trying to become a uh, get into a long term relationship. And I want to step back and say, I didn't see the movie. That's just what I've been told. Right. So I I just think it needed to be developed further. And I did like the chemistry between Andrew Barth Feldman and Jennifer Lawrence. And they, uh, they had a nice chemistry. I think that uh, he is far more savvy than he gets credit because he's, he's not totally clueless. Uh, they show him there's just some very awkward scenes. The whole thing is awkward. You just start feeling really uncomfortable. And and the fact that it's all a ruse. And then when the kid, of course, finds out, then it's horrible. Now, this actor, Andrew Barthfeldman, this is his first big screen movie role, but he was in a Netflix movie. However, his claim to fame, which I find interesting, is he won the Jimmy Award back in 2018, which is the High School Musical Theater Awards. And right. every uh, every state has winners and they go to New York for a week and they perform on a Broadway stage and scholarships are given out. And he won in 2018 and a casting director or producer saw him and hired him to be Evan Hansen on Broadway. He was wow. he was one of the Dear Evan Hansons after winning the Jimmy Award. Huh. And they made a big deal about it because a kid from St. Louis was in the 2019. So I watched him and they were all like, Andrew Barth Feldman was in, in uh, Evan Hansen. So now he's going to Harvard, but he took time to make the movie and he might be taking more time off from college. But he's he's got a he's pretty good. But there's these characters that just show up at random, like Kyle Mooney is his old nanny, and and uh, Evan ba uh, the guy from Girls and the Bear, Evan Backrack, Moss Backrack, that guy. Okay, he plays an old boyfriend towing her car. Her character definitely got commitment issues guy issues afraid to quit not growing up and, and at the end if you take away all the stupid stuff it is a good story about growing up at various ages now but, you realize that you've got a lot of people that are, want to see this movie just because at the beginning you said jennifer lawrence full frontal nudity <laughs> yeah i know yeah, but but, it, but it's an 80 if it's supposed to be an 80 sex comedy, that's what happened. And we already know she's she's t reclaimed. She, Jennifer Lawrence has said she has reclaimed 
from when her nude pictures were hacked from her. And so she sees this as an empowerment move. And so therefore she's taking what was stolen from her back. And so every time she says she gets naked, she's taking the power away from the people that have stolen the naked photos from her, which in Red Sparrow, Red Sparrow, I was watching Red Sparrow on TNT and I looked at it and I said, there is no way they're going to be able to show this one scene. And if you've seen the movie, you know what scene I'm talking about it. And of course, they just edited the whole thing out. I'm like, well, that kind of changes the entire story if you don't know what's going on. Because it's a spy movie and it's uh, it's not suitable for television. And Lynn, will this movie ever be suitable for television or can they edit around that one scene? I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot more to it than than that. I will say uh, Matthew Broderick has a gray, long gray hair wig, and his name is Laird, L-A-I-R-D, and they make a big deal about his name being Laird, which I just find funny. So jokes at the cultural, uh, you know, the elite, the 99% are pretty funny. Well, yeah, I also heard there's a, there are a lot of jokes about her being an, an elder and millennial, because she's 33. Is she 33 in the movie? 32. Okay. And so, and the fact that he is 19, a Gen Zer. And so, even though they are young ish, she's a whole generation ahead of him. Right. Right. I don't know. I think that, I think the movie. Your generation a, does this. I think it's just a poorly constructed film. And I think if uh, it's a bait and switch, really. Uh, the only redeeming factor is that they develop a friendship and uh, that, but she's so overly aggressive. It's just, it makes your eyes hurt. He when wants you're watching, the car. When you're watching her twerk, you know, it's just, but there's more to the story than meets the eye. Now this director, Gene Stupinski, he wrote and directed Good Boys, which I thought was hilarious. The, it was. I liked Good Boys. I was happy. And then he also wrote a very terrible movie called Year One. And Ah, uh, Jack Black and Michael Sarah. Yeah. In fact, Andrew Barth Feldman reminds me of a young Michael Sarah. He plays that kind of character, that very nervous, anxious person who who doesn't want to get in trouble. Uh, and winds up in these crazy predicaments. And well, this uh, is the only movie that's opening wide this week, I believe, because well, Asteroid City. Oh, that's well, no, technically, Asteroid City opened up New York and Los Angeles last week. The rest of the country is getting it now. So let's all right, let's pivot and talk to, about Asteroid City. Well, I'm seeing it tonight, so I can't talk about it till next week. Okay, well, then we'll talk about it. I will try to have seen it by then. Yes, and I did see Past Lives. Oh, okay. Which is Let's the art that. house, which is the art house darling, and deservedly so. This is about wrestling with your what ifs. It is a Korean film. It's the debut of Celine Song, who is a New York playwright. And this real this story is based in part about her life. She was growing up in Korea and she had a BFF. Hassan, and who's wonderfully played by T.O. Yu, 
And she is played by Greta Lee, who's remarkable in this film. And she is a very ambitious budding writer and her family emigrates to Canada. So she loses track with this a childhood friend, Asung, and then they reconnect as adults, but he's in Korea and she's in New York City. And then she marries a fellow writer, John Majero. Who's, what language is this movie in before we get too far? It's both. It's English Ameri and Korean. Yeah, it's English and Korean. It's bilingual. And uh, so he's coming to New York and he wants to see her. And it's all about that. What it could have should have. Uh, it's mm -hmm. very in it's very insightful it raises a lot of questions about the people that make you who you are and then uh, uh later in life you're not that same person but they had a part in you becoming who you are so it gets very metaphysical but it's so interesting she has moments it's a very delicate love story and one of my favorite scenes, in fact, I'm nominating it for best scene this year already. It's in my head because, and this really happened to the playwright. She was at a bar in New York and sitting between the two guys, the childhood friend, she's in the middle and her American husband. And this couple in the bar are trying to figure out the relationship between the three. So they're observing people watching and, and making assumptions on these three. Oh, everybody's played that game. Yeah. And that's the start of the film. And then it goes back to her childhood. The two child actors are quite good. And uh, John Majero wisely underplays his role as the husband. And he gets out of her way. She And uh, they have some great pillow talk scenes. So this movie is not long. It's very short. It's tidy. It's very delicate, though. And you know how we say deliberately paced? Yeah. Oh, that means slow. Yeah, it is, though. But we all loved it. Is it as we slow as uh, Drive My Car? Oh, no, 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 no. That is that's an entirely that's glacial. Oh my God. Yeah. No, this is, you know, the, the, the Korean film market is the film industry in Korea is really happening. And, uh, and that's not yes. just because of Bonju Ho winning the Oscar for Parasite. No, I believe, uh, Ted, the leader, the head guy over at Netflix, uh, had an article this week about South Korea being, the hotbed of drama because of what's going on over there. Yes. And so this, this is a debut. It's a remarkable debut feature. Uh, it premiered at Sundance was a big breakout hit. And now it's playing by it's now, when it opens Friday, it's just not going to be in the art house. It's going to be at the multiplex too. Wow. Well, because be there's been, there have been a lot of articles and stories about this because people like it so much. Yeah, I don't want to oversell it because I don't want people to think because we have so many high concept romances these days that when you have a very simple, real, true to life, it rings so true. It's I think it strikes chords. Speaking of uh, not striking chords and but being uh, one of the 
cultural milestones or touchstones. The Room, the worst movie ever made. And it's not, but it is pretty bad. It's it's a camp classic. Yes, it is having it's getting the fathom events treatment. So there's well, going because, to be because you can't really it's, I don't think it's even streaming anywhere. Well, it used to be a staple on the midnight circuit, but that since uh, has gone by the wayside post COVID and uh, we don't have the Tivoli anymore. And so yes, that... but we have we have the high point and the high point is already doing Rocky Horror. That doesn't mean that they won't decide to do the room eventually. I think they did the room early in their run when Cinema St. Louis took it over. But uh, so on June 27th, it is going to be available on uh, both sides of the river because it's going to be at the O'Fallon 15, Marcus. And uh, I'm not sure if it's 7 or 7.30, but it's one night, only one showing. And this is the kind of movie where you have to be uh, in the know in advance because there's going to be parts of the movie where you're required to do things like in Rocky Horror well, because no. uh, people you bring can just football. enjoy it yeah you, or you can just enjoy it uh, count how many times they say hi uh, hi Tommy Wiseau says hi Mark or hi, you Mark. Can drink you can have a drinking game to it but there's the plastic forks I don't I can't remember what that's for and then there's the football toss the football because because before the wedding, of course, they're all tossing a football. Awkwardly oh tossing to football five feet from each. Yes. So what else is going on, Carl? All right. Well, well, then uh, we're going to see Beauty and the Beast on Friday night. I'm going back to Shakespeare in the park tonight to because my mother-in-law is in town and she wants to see 12th night and i'm taking my child who did not get to see it uh i saw aida on saturday and diana de garmo is really really good in aida she still her the, very much she, yeah she steals the show um uh, did you agree with me on my assessment yes um i what i would say is they need to tweak the sound a little. They have a live band, but the live band just overpowers some of those singers. Yeah. So, but I, it's still worth saying. I can't wait for Clue coming up in July. Aren't you glad you uh, uh, you uh, got to talk to Louis Salgado before you saw? Yep. Him? And he's back in New York, so I, I did not get to see him at the play in person. But it was it was a great time. Uh, I want to thank the Kents for uh, having us there at this show. It was wonderful. Well, uh, speaking of why Louis Salgado's back in New York, he's going to be choreographing a uh, number in the Jimmy Awards, which are Monday night. They'll be live streamed. Corbin Blue is the host. From this High School a, Musical. Yes. And the Muni. And, Mary and from Poppins the Muni. And mm -hmm. Singing in the Rain. He's the St. Louis Theater Circle Award uh, winner for Best Actor in a Musical for Singing in the Rain. Uh, the, there's two uh, kids from here that are going to be in it. Anna Wright, who goes to Liberty or went to Liberty High School in Lake St. Louis, and right. Gage Williams, who went to O'Fallon Township High School in Illinois. They yes. are representing the Lou because they won outstanding actor and actress at the St. Louis high school musical theater awards at the Fox. At the Fox. Mm -hmm. 
And so they'll be there Monday night. You can see them and let's, uh, you know, they can't Good get luck. any. Yeah, it's live. It's live. So we don't know who's a finalist or whatever. But I will say I interviewed Gage on Saturday. My article is going to be in the Belleville News Democrat. And he is quite uh, uh, on his way, I think, to be one of those that you'll say, oh, I knew him when. I saw just, him early on. Just like that Andrew Barth Feldman who won. He played uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio role in Catch Me If You Can musical. That's why he got the opportunity to go to New York for the Jimmys. Gage played the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. So we'll see that on Friday night. Yeah. So Aida's wrapping up. It ends on July 2nd. That's a week from this weekend. Shakespeare in the Park ends on Sunday night, the 25th. Yes. So does Absent Friends. My uh, friends at the Albion Theater are doing that. And uh, there's Vampire uh, Lesbians of Sodom at the Stray Dog Theater till yeah. uh, Saturday night's the last night. And Circus Flora ends this weekend also. So and then we're going to have a big batch of, uh, of St. Louis things. But Food Network, 7 p.m. Sunday night. You can watch Brandy and Brittany compete. And uh, if you don't have cable, you can stream it on Max and Discovery Plus. Perfect. Lynn, where can we find you on the radio and online? I am on KTRS every Friday at 1108 with Jennifer Blome and Wendy Weiss. I am in the Webster Kirkwood Times in uh, online and in print. PopLifeSTL.com is my website. And I write for a whole bunch of publications in town. Carl, where do we find you? You can find me Monday through Friday on the Mark Cox Morning Show from 5 to 9 on 97.1 FM Talk. And you can hear me on the weekends on KMOX Radio for Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors, which is also a 97.1. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Carl Intern. And I'm around town. I'm at everything. You are. We didn't even talk. Well, I think last week we talked about Princess Bride. Oh my God, the four, the one, four, fives, that musical theater comedy troupe. We're gonna have them on, so we'll talk about them more. They are fantastic. Where have I, I been? I don't know how you can do improv musical. They are so good. <laughs> um, bye. So long. Stay safe. Stay cool. Bye. Bye.